shotglassdigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. It's all about celebrating your love of a galaxy far, far away. And Little Debbie is the fan's choice for all those sweet moments. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. We are honored every time you join us here on Rebel Force Radio. Hey, Star Wars fans, Jimmy Mack here with you. Riding solo this week. Han Solo. I'm home. (laughs) Chewie, phone home. Wait, no, that's E.T. Chewie, we're old. Wait, no, 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 that's not. Chewie, we're home. That's right, no swank this week. (laughs) Jason is uh, out uh, performing uh, his, uh, fulfilling his obligations, I should say, is one of the top marketing minds of the Cleveland theatrical scene. Jason's on Broadway this week, so uh, we wish him safe travels. He'll be back in the saddle next week for us here at Rebel Force Radio as we break down all the latest Star Wars news and Rumors about The Force Awakens and other Star Wars films on the horizon. And uh, also next week, we're going to have a huge Smuggler's Bounty recap with Kyle Newman. So that's going to be amazing. But enough about next week. We're talking this week, and we're talking Star Wars. And joining us this week in the uh, furry co-pilot shotgun seat is our good friend Steve Glosson. Hello, Jimmy Mack. So glad to be here with you. And I want you to know that I fought all the elements. I dem- I put my foot down. I demanded with people I had no business demanding to get things done so that I could be here tonight. Well, we really appreciate that. Apparently, someone uh, shut down the power to the tractor beam in your Death Star. Apparently, yes. old Obi-Wan was out there on that catwalk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve. Steve was sitting around his house. All of a sudden, he heard a boom. Exactly. Yep. And then the next thing you knew, the power was out. Yes, I was, Jim. It was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I was getting work done around the house. There was cleanup being done. I assembled a new shelf to expand uh, my office slash Star Wars room. Uh, you know, and and that was going to be the cap of a great day of just getting stuff done. My reward was going to get to be the play in the Star Wars room, get some more stuff on display that's been in a closet, that sort of thing. I actually had Star Wars playing on the TV as I was doing all this stuff. Started episode one, I was into episode three when all of a sudden 
TV starts t- cutting on and off. All the lights start dimming. I'm thinking I need to call an exorcist. You know, <laughs> I, I'm freaking out. And uh, we call some friends and, and, and figure out what's going on. And fortunately, one of my friend's uh, stepdad is an electrician at a power plant near here. So he comes and tells me what needs to be done. I basically have to shut the... I'm shutting the power down! Had to shut the power down and, uh, and, and get the heck out of Dodge until we could get an electrician over here to repair uh, one of the main wires that runs from the meter to the, to the house. It took several days. And uh, I kind of chronicled this a little bit on Twitter to let people know why there were episodes of certain podcasts not coming out yet and that sort of thing. And uh, today I tweet out uh, this line from episode one, Power's back, that little droid did it, and I put a gif, I think that's how you pronounce it, of R2-D2 playing the guitar from the droids cartoon. There was a scene in Droids where R2 played the, 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 the guitar. Yes, I remember and, it well, of course. And, I, I think uh, that's actually part of the opening sequence. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. Um, and wouldn't you know it, or I, much to my surprise, let me say, as some people are like tweeting back, you know, that's funny, that's great, glad to have you back, when's the next show, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, in my notifications comes a tweet from Kanan himself, Freddie Prince Jr. What? Really? At Real FP Jr. No I'm assuming, kidding. I'm assuming this is the real guy. Yeah, that's him, FPJ. And he says, I figured R2 as an acoustic guy, wait for it, star emoji, rainbow emoji, the more you know. Wow. The yeah. more you know. And so I tweeted back, nope, total electric guy. We see him plug in a lot in the movies. I always figured R2 to be more of a keytarist, like Herbie Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Rocket. Rocket. Uh, but listen, it's not over, Jim. Freddie Prince Jr. says, and he beat Goldie down in Clone Wars. R2 is no joke. Oh, okay. There you go. So he's, so FPJ, Freddie Prince Jr., That's he's, right. he's showing some serious cred there, fan cred, That's right. by being able to... Uh, Reference an episode from the first season of The Clone Wars. Exactly. I'm impressed. Yes, yes. And so then uh, fellow tweeter and and former guest on this show, Joseph Tavano, um, responsible for the Padme was killed by Emperor Theory. That's right. Tweets in. He says, I see R2 as a punk rock fan or maybe old school hip hop. Does Herbie Hancock fall into old school hip hop? No, 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 no. Herbie's definitely more of a jazz musician who uh, borderlines on funk. That's right. Uh, And Freddie Prince Jr. caps it all off by saying he listens to X. Hashtag chick punk is always better. Better. You know, Freddie, he's kind of a Jedi who also borderlines on funk. If I might say, that's true. Yes, <laughs> he's a funky dude. So, <laughs> so that's that's how how cool is that? So Freddie Prince Jr. Kanan is uh, tweeting to you. I never in my life would I have ever imagined that something like this would happen. The <laughs> or star, they, she's all that. Or the the star of she's all that. Or Star Wars fans know him better for being the star of Star Wars Rebels. That's right. But so, are you sure you didn't hear this sound when your power went out? No, no, it was more demonic. It was, <laughs> it was more demonic. It was more, um, 
you know when at the end of Star Wars when they're making the trench run and and gold or a red leader misses, it just impacts on the surface yes. as he says. Yes, and it cuts into the Death Star and you see them all kind of shaking around and falling about. That's more like what was happening. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You are the red leader of podcasting. You do have a thick Southern accent, That's right. much like uh, Red Leader did in A New Hope. That's right. Remember, I wasn't the only one hearing that. He had a southern accent. We're in position. I'm going to cut across the axes and try and draw their fire. Almost there. There's, yes, a, there's yes. a good old boy in space. Indeed. He's like, Luke, take red four and red two and stay here and make your attack run. That kind of, yeah. He's definitely, he's like from down in Savannah, Georgia. He's like, almost there, y'all. Almost yes. there, y'all. <laughs> It's hey, away. Let's get down there and blow that death star. What I'm going to do? <laughs> <I> guarantee. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Red Leader getting some time on Rebel Force Radio. It's been a while. Almost there. It's also, um, I do need to apologize. I've been working on a Steven Spielberg since last week's episode uh, when I heard you guys call me out to do a Spielberg, and I just can't find him. I well, just you'll get there. You'll get there. Give yeah. it time. Give it time. Because uh, we have, we do have, uh, of course, George Lucas, uh, that's right. faster, more intense. But that's that's Swank's thing. Yeah, I'm working on the J.J. Abrams. You, you notice that J.J. He's kind of like a a bottle of ketchup. Yeah. There's a lot of anticipation <laughs> waiting for what he's going to say, but when it comes out of the bottle, it flows. That's right. So uh, working on J.J. <laughs> Spielberg is a little up here, and. But he's also very articulate, and so it's just a matter of finding that that thing. He's got a very non-distinct voice, so thanks for the challenge, guys. <laughs> we'll give you the hardest impersonation yeah. of all time. Yeah, I've Steven's got to voice. overcome not only the southern drawl, but also find that non you know that non-specific voice range. Yeah, all the the great voice actors of all time. You know, you you, you meet a guy like. Um, like uh, who, who's give me the name of a, like a, a great impersonator? Uh, a James Arnold Taylor. James Arnold Taylor's one. Yeah, uh, he, he doesn't. Uh, James does not have a Steven Spielberg impersonation. No. It, uh, you, you, you think of a, a Rich Little. Rich Little, of course, Rich, he must have a great Steven Spielberg impersonation. Uh, no. Uh, Frank Caliendo. Frank, of course, Frank's Steven Spielberg is dead on. Am has I right? Yeah, has what? to be. It has. Uh, he does Madden for crying what? out loud. No, I'm just looking at this here. It says no. Frank does not do a Steven Spielberg. I'm going to be the first. I'm going. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm looking at every t- every talent agency in the world, and uh, none of them have a single client who does a Steven Spielberg impersonation. So definitely, Big Steve, you will be filling a void. Yes. Yes. Well, I do that. <laughs> You do Where I go. Well, hopefully a month from now, when we're in Orlando for Disney Star Wars weekends, you will have your Steven Spielberg impersonation locked and loaded. I'll at least have a bad one, Jim. <laughs> that's all we could ask for. That's all. That's all I can promise. But, of course, we will be there for week number five, Disney Star Wars weekends, Orlando, Florida, at the Disney Hollywood Studios. It's going to be a huge 
huge weekend out there. And not just because Rebel Force Radio is going to be there, but because you guys are going to be there. We're going to have a huge Rebel Force Radio listener meet and greet. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Last year, we had a great time, Steve. Yes. Our, uh, our, our first ever Rebel Force Radio listener meetup was a fantastic time. We met up in the middle of the day on Friday afternoon, shortly following the, uh, I believe it was the Tia Sirkar Yes, talk show with with Ashley. We saw that. We ran to the. We've talked about it before. You ran. I I huffed to the (laughs) to the locker room. Got the got the got the little Debbie. Went to the meeting place and just had a blast. We had a blast, and so many listeners were out there. And then we all stormed Star Tours. They didn't know what hit them. It was like a bolt out of the blue. It was a bolt out of the blue. Just like a blast from the Death Star super laser coming down. Was that the, was that the ride on which you were the rebel spy? It was. Yes. It yes. was. That's the force working in mysterious ways. But uh, that was a great time. So we're doing it again this year. We'll be out there. The date is set. It's locked and loaded for June 12th. That's the Friday of weekend number five, Disney Star Wars weekends. And uh, there's a great guest roster of uh, Star Wars celebrities who are going to be there at Disney, including James Arnold Taylor, who, of course, is the uh, stage host. We have Peter Mayhew. The Wookiee himself is going to be there. Chewie. The great Ray Park. Darth Maul will be there. Taylor Gray, who plays Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, will be there. And, And that's really exciting to me because I've never met Taylor or seen him live but the big one this is huge this is huge doing what we believe to be his first ever fan appearance yoda himself frank oz is going to be at disney star wars weekends uh i mean jim you say the name frank oz childhood hero he is you know beyond just star wars his work with jim henson and the muppets is just he's one of those names that formed my childhood and it's just it's surreal to think that he's going to be there to fan fan driven event like this it's going to be amazing and not only that it's his probably the most impact he's had on me as a star wars fan was his on-screen appearance in 1980s the blues brothers as the uh, prison guard so (laughs) he gave uh he gave dan Aykroyd and chevy chase the test he administered the test in spies like us that's right. He was, yes. As a matter of fact, I think he directed that. Did he not? Yes. Or was that Rainbow? That was him who directed that. I think so. Well, I don't know what his connection was to the Blues Brothers, other than probably a friendship with director John Landis. But oh. uh, yeah, there you can see him on screen at the beginning of the Blues Brothers as he gives Joliet Jake Blues his personal belongings back on the day he gets let free from prison, the day he gets sprung loose from the joint. Um, Joliet uh, Jake is... Uh, the, the, the last person he has an encounter with in the uh, prison is uh, Frank Oz. Well, wouldn't Frank had worked with those guys? This is totally non-Star Wars. We need to get back on track. We need to stay on target. But wouldn't he had worked with some of those guys maybe on SNL? Because the Muppets used to make appearances. Good call. Yeah. SNL in those earlier years. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, first generation of Saturday Night Live, the Muppets were a recurring segment on the show. Right. So. It didn't last too long. Maybe the first couple of seasons. Right. Um. And then somebody realized, hey, you know what? I don't think this is really fitting together, these two. But, <laughs> because it was kind of bizarre. Yes. But, I mean, 
Saturday Night Live was kind of that showcase for all sort of new outside-the-box forms of entertainment, and the Muppets were definitely that back then. And Frank Oz was a big part of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, he could be seen in the Blues Brothers, and he could be seen in Orlando for weekend number five at Disney Star Wars Weekends. And we will be there, and I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have special hotel room rates at the Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista, which, of course, is the official hotel of Rebel Force Radio. But uh, oh, but the guys, uh, Michael and the, the staff at the uh, Hilton Orlando, are just amazing. Right they across were the street, fantastic, just so fantastic. great. Yeah, yeah, we were there last year, Steve. You were there, and, and you can attest to the quality service that we get when we're there. And uh, we want you guys to share in on uh, on all this excitement. You can stay at the Hilton for reduced room rate. And uh, you can hang out with us at Disney Star Wars Weekends on Friday, June 12th. Don't miss it. We're going to have a blast. Little Debbie's going to be there. We're going to have some special giveaways. And we're just going to hang out and talk about the wars. I'm sure we'll have our Rebel Force Radio microphones there with us. And, hey, you never know. Maybe Swank will even be there himself. Jason Swank is talking about uh, getting on that plane and heading out for what's going to be an incredible weekend of Star Wars in Orlando. So We're going to stuff him in a sack. You know, make- I re- we really should. You know, it's uh, there's funny stories about Jason uh, being in the wrong place at the right time at Star Wars Celebration. We'll get into those next week. <laughs> but uh, Dave Filoni does have uh, a theory on that, and that is, Whenever something cool is going to happen, Swank disappears right before it happens. So you know something cool is going to happen. So whenever Jason leaves, you know we're in for a good time. No, that's not true. Wow. Well. <laughs> that's not true at all. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, so, yeah, Disney Star Wars Weekends, Rebel Force Radio will be there. It's our second annual listener meetup, and it's all happening on June 12th. Star Wars Weekends is coming, and Rebel Force Radio will be there. Join us for the second annual Rebel Force Radio Disney Star Wars Weekends Meetup, Friday, June 12th, at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Be there to hang out with Rebel Force Radio, ride Star Tours, and check out Disney's amazing guests. Peter Mayhew, Ray Park, Taylor Gray, and Frank Oz. Enjoy a special hotel room rate discount for Rebel Force Radio listeners at the Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista for only $89 per night plus tax. Special room rate includes 50% off self-parking and the resort charge. The rate is available June 10th through the 17th. Get on our mailing list. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Subject line, Star Wars Weekends. It's Rebel Force Radio's second annual Disney Star Wars Weekends Listener Meetup. Friday, June 12th at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hope to see you there. All right, this week on Rebel Force Radio, we have what I like to call... Star Wars Celebration Talk Soup. I've gone through all of the content available to us from Star Wars Celebration via StarWars.com. And thank you very much, Verizon Wireless, for stepping up and sponsoring all the great coverage. Steve, I know you couldn't be at Star Wars Celebration. You were missed. I, I missed being there. We missed you, but something tells me that you had a better grasp on what was happening there, <laughs> even though you were 3,000 miles away. Am I right? I, dude, I, apparently that's the case. As, as I was talking to people who were out there, and I'm like, oh, did you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, no. Um, 
And StarWars.com's coverage of Celebration, powered by Verizon, was absolutely fantastic. They went above and beyond anything that any fan could imagine. Um, it's like they knew that you guys wouldn't be able to do your daily live shows, so they said, we got to make up for that. Oh, my gosh. And I appreciate that so much because that was always something of a goal for me is to be able to give you the most complete coverage that I possibly could at any Star Wars event, Star Wars celebration, fan days, whatever it is. I wanted to give you guys the best coverage possible. So I was so relieved when I found out that so much was going to be streaming because yeah. then I knew I wasn't going to miss anything. This well, what, fan wasn't going to be left behind for a change. What was so great about the coverage, other than the fact that they were actually covering it, was you were being taken into panels. They were taking you into uh, you know, just as, as many panels as you could. And between that, that amazing cantina set they had up on the showroom floor, um, different people from StarWars.com would have interviews with the likes of J.J. Abrams, Billy D. Williams, Mark Hamill. All these different people. Ray Park was there, and then they would bring in some of the licensees and, and you know and kind of go back over some of the stuff that had been talked about in some panels. They would recap some panels that maybe didn't get to be shown, and 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 then they would cut to some of the trailers that got shown. The Force Awakens trailer must have been shown five thousand times during the Star Wars Celebration coverage powered by Verizon. Um, the, the 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 Rebels trailer once that dropped in the Rebels panel, the season two trailer. And and so you really felt like you weren't missing anything. You know, you didn't get the up close tactile experience of being there, and you didn't get to hang out with your friends. But what it inspired me to do over at Geek Out Loud was just to every night that I could just sit down and recap what we'd seen. Yeah, and that's because- that's very valuable because even though I was there, I missed everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was right in the middle of the action, and I missed everything. I can't even tell you. So between the coverage that you supplied us with, uh, Steve, over at Geek Out Loud and, uh, of course, uh, StarWars.com, I've really been able to fill in the blanks. And I've dedicated a lot of the last uh, week, week and a half to doing just that. Mm -hmm. So we've gone through a lot of the material out there from all three stages, the celebration stage, the digital stage, and, of course, the Rebel Force Radio stage, a.k.a the behind-the-scenes stage. I, ref- I think I referred to it as the Rebel Force radio stage the whole time. I think you did. And I loved it every time you did it. It was so cool. And I just want to say, as a fan of Rebel Force Radio, um, you know who, who I've been a fan of you guys forever, it was really cool. And just that I had that moment that we have sometimes with people where I'm just like, I'm so proud of these guys. You guys were the first panel after the opening ceremonies panel yes uh to be shown on the verizon coverage yes and and that great intro with voice by tom kane and you guys come out and do your thing and i was just like you guys made it good job (laughs) i was just like really excited and i thought it was so great that it would that you guys kicked off uh you know after that amazing kickoff panel that you guys kicked off the celebration coverage proper in a way oh thank you steve that, that's so very it was, nice it was really cool to see you guys up there doing your thing well a little behind the scenes <laughs> behind the scenes of the behind the scenes stage right before we went on you know you, you have that moment mm-hmm. where we're about ready to go on stage for the first time we know it's a packed house they they were all there to see the star wars collectibles update the anticipation for that panel 
among the audience was was just off the charts, and we could feel the energy backstage. So you have that moment when you're standing there and you're about ready to go on, and you're hearing your intro happening, and you're just staring at the other side of the curtain, waiting for them to open it up for you. And uh, God bless our crew. We had a great crew, and it was Paula's duty to open the curtain for us. Well, the curtain was very long, and there was a lot of extra material sort of pooled up on the floor oh, no. underneath the curtain. So when she pulled the curtain back, I went out first, and the, the, the extra material that was there on the floor sort of wrapped itself around my ankle oh, no. as I came out. And so I realized... <laughs> As I tried to take a step with my right leg, that I was being restrained. So I just had one move, and it was just to kind of violently jerk my leg forward, and thank God it came free. Otherwise, I would have kicked off the whole thing by sliding into third base on the stage. (laughs) Oh, And she saw it, too, and she's like, oh, my God, I thought you were taking a header for sure. And I was like, no, 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 let's just try to look out for that. Oh, but uh, yeah, that's what happened. So, and it was great to get out there on the stage too, because everyone was just absolutely buzzing after seeing that Force Awakens trailer. So, uh, and we were too. Yes. You know, everyone got to go and sit in front of their computers and watch it over and over again. Or while they were sitting in their seats waiting for the panel to begin, they were looking on their phones at the trailer. And it it suddenly occurred to me at one point, I was standing up the at the podium on stage and I was even talking while I was looking down at my phone, punching up the trailer and letting it play on stage with no sound on at the podium while we're doing a panel. Wow. That's, that's when I become envious of a Steve Glosson sitting at home in Georgia, you know? Well, now for the first, for, for Friday, for that first panel, and and what was following beyond, I literally had my phone set up on my prep table at work where I'm cooking and just had it going. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to sneak out to actually, you know, watch a lot of stuff, you know, because thankfully we weren't that busy. So I was able to sneak out kind of in the back alley and just kind of watch so I could hear everything well. And, um, and of course, I got made fun of after because I did get emotional at the trailer. It surprised me that I got emotional at the trailer. I wasn't expecting any emotional reaction at all other than just excitement. And, uh, and as I came back in and my eyes were a little glassy, uh, I did get made fun of. Because they're like, well, what's wrong? I'm like, yeah, I just watched the Star Wars trailer and it blew my mind. <laughs> you couldn't come up with a, a lie or anything? Come up with a lie, yeah. Was, you know. <laughs> Make up some phony relative that, you know. Is, right, right. Well, you know. when you work with relatives, you can't make up. <laughs> phony. Oh, eh, yes. Aunt Marge, uh, God bless her. She was she was the matriarch of the family, really. And um, yeah. we don't have an Aunt Marge. What is this, some kind of nerd thing? <laughs> Get back to your prep table. <laughs> but So, I mean, what was it like, though, um, trying to stay as connected to star Wars from afar, because I know you really wanted to be in Anaheim and and I know you really should have been in Anaheim. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, uh, it was thanks to social media and, and, and just the ability to text people and, and kind of keep in touch that way. It was really fun for me because I did have different people who would go through, uh, the force awakens exhibit. Um, you know, and they would take some close-up pictures and send back to me so that I was able to see more, uh, you know, 
detail than what some of the pictures that had been kind of, you know, just tweeted out and stuff. And people, would, they, they took pictures specifically some, in some instances to get back to me. And in other instances, you know, there's one episode during that coverage where I call in some friends who are just all staying at the same house there. And and we just kind of go around and, and just hear what they're seeing. And, and that's where they kind of say, well, did you see this? And did you and I and I'm back and forth with them. And it was kind of like, you know, well, here's this. Here's what's going on back at control, guys. Make sure you're seeing this or make sure you're hearing about this. And they're saying, well, make sure you go back and look and see if this is there. Make You know, and it became just kind of a fun game of with the people who also weren't at celebration to kind of, you know, we got to know a certain section of that showroom floor by heart right there at the Rancor. You know, we've seen the Rancor a million times now uh, and, and and the different aisles. And we were looking to see on some shelves, well, what has sold and what hasn't sold. I mean, those are those kind of games play being played. And it, and it became like a small convention in of itself so much so that in some ways, uh, if, if, if Verizon is willing to power this kind of coverage again, or someone's willing to power this kind of coverage again for Celebration London, I don't know that I can get to London. But my thing was, I'm like, guys, let's just all get together and and have our own little convention, watching the coverage, you know, from from the comfort of our home together or wherever we decide yeah. to get together. At. That sounds that like of- a that sounds like a great idea. That really does. Um, and 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 the best way for Star Wars fans to kind of guarantee that this will be happening again is to keep hitting those YouTube videos and watch yes. them and give them the hits over and over again. We all can see how many people have viewed those videos. And so can the people at Verizon and StarWars.com. So we want them to know that they made the right decision and uh, that people are... Really, there's a huge audience for this kind of thing. And not just people, because I know this has been a fear in the past. Why would people, this is what they say, why would people come to our convention if it's all going to be online while it's happening? They'll just stay home. And I argue with that. I say, no, 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 no. Because number one, there are the the magical intangibles of going to a convention like this. The, The ability to be able to see old friends that you haven't seen for a long time. Meet new friends. Um, make those connections with people face-to-face that you might only have an internet relationship with. Or you might only know from social media. Let's take that relationship and move it up to a new level. So that's what a lot of people do with these things. So that's an obvious benefit to attending a Star Wars celebration. But the other thing is is being a part of the history, being part of the fabric that that put that that's weaved together and makes this exciting moment in time happen. It's just like the Super Bowl. Sure, the Super Bowl's on TV. But every person watching on TV would gladly give up their seat on the sofa to attend it in person. That's the reality of Star Wars Celebration. So I don't think it can be covered too much. It it hasn't even been covered enough, in my opinion. There's a lot of things that happen that, even though, despite the fact that StarWars.com put out 30 hours of video coverage, there are things they missed at the convention. It's impossible to cover everything, to be everywhere at once. And I think that's that's part of what is okay about this. You know, one of the things that wasn't covered online was the Rogue One panel, not necessarily, you know, the Gareth Edwards panel. And and so that Rogue One trailer, of course, now we know why, because of the Mission Impossible stuff hasn't yeah. hit online and that sort of thing. And that's fine. That's right. But I, but I was talking to someone who, someone was kind of complaining about that. And I said, you know what, here's my thing. 
I'm perfectly okay with there being stuff that's just for people there. Yeah. You know, the, the, it's, it's perfectly okay because there's stuff that's happening just for the people watching online. There were interviews that were taking place, like I say, on that cantina set that, that you couldn't see. You know, unless you just happen to be hanging out there watching at the time. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't done in a big panel way. And some of them were done kind of in the back of the cantina um, where they were sitting around one of the tables. And you couldn't hear that if you're standing out there looking on, you know. And, and so I really do feel like that they found the first time doing this found almost a perfect balance of how to cover um, a, an event like this. And I think it's something that other um other conventions should look at in saying this this could be beneficial to our exhibitors this could be beneficial to the people who are wanting to remote stuff on stage this could be beneficial to the con itself if we if we follow this kind of model i've been noticing a little bit of a trend especially as things like san diego comic-con continue to grow in huge proportions and as far as it continues to grow, is, is is not only a destination for fans, but a destination for industry professionals and um, something that has a huge audience. You're starting to see more of the online coverage become a reality because the more popular an event becomes, the more people get shut out of it. That's just you know the bottom line, and right. and you want to get the word out to the masses. So I certainly hope this is something that continues to happen. I know it was a very last minute thing with both StarWars dot com because they didn't have the funding necessary, and Verizon did step up, and uh, just the, the guys just knocked the ball out of the park. I, I thought they did a fantastic job. On Saturday, I actually got to visit the cantina, which was really interesting and surreal. Because uh, I, I uh, went over there with the crew from Smuggler's Bounty after we got off stage. Mm-hmm. And um, we had uh, about 10 minutes in there before we actually started to do the, uh, the broadcast. And um, so I was standing there. I was talking to Catherine Tabor for a bit. I was talking to Sam Whitworth for a bit. And then I realized we had a little bit of downtime. So I sort of strayed away from their broadcast area there. <laughs> And went over into the corner of the bar, and they had the alcoves there and everything. Yes. And just yeah. when when you're when you went in and you were deep into the thing and you were surrounded by cosplayers, they had some of the greatest cosplayers there of all time. Incredible cantina aliens created by uh, Tom Spina and his team, and uh, just uh, others. Uh, my friend Shaz Bazaar was there in his incredible Hondo Onaka. Oh, yes cosplay that absolutely was the talk of the convention as a matter of fact dave filoni said to me and jason uh at one point we were hanging out behind the uh uh, backstage we had a little green room backstage oh wow excuse me which was really fun to hang out in because between panels we would you know convene in there and there was food and we'd have friends in and it, it was a lot of fun and uh, at one point, I dragged uh, Filoni in there. We were out walking around the floor uh, with uh, Tracy Canobio and Dave's assistant, Claudia. And I just said, hey, we're by my stage. Let's go back to my room here and have some coffee and just relax. <laughs> Would you guys like to do that? And Filoni's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So, you know, we take two steps in that direction. And all of a sudden, it started to sink into Dave what I just said. And Filoni's like, ah, listen to you, my room, my stage. Ah. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, do you want the cup of coffee or not? 
So, <laughs> so we went back there, and um, Jason was back there, and we started talking about some cool costumes we saw, and, and Dave was just like, oh, man, you got to get that uh, Hondo guy to me. I have to take pictures with him. He looks just like Hondo. He's got the voice. I said, we know him. I'd be happy to. But this was Sunday. Mm. This was Sunday afternoon, like right before the, we were getting ready to, to do the uh, tattoo competition and then the closing ceremonies. And all that would happen so fast. I did not see Filoni again the entire weekend and oh. had no time to text Shaz and say, hurry, suit up, Filoni needs you. <laughs> suit up, Shaz. <laughs> suit suit up. up. But I thought that was a great compliment because the guy who created Hondo Anaka was absolutely blown away by the cosplay. And he did make a point of saying, and he does the voice and everything. And and, and that was uh, really impressive to, to Filoni. So uh, way to go, Shaz. I love, you know, Dave always says that he's he's a fan just like the rest of us, you know, and we know the stories of him cosplaying at different places and that sort of thing. But to still have that kind of excitement and not just because it's one of his characters, but, you know, you know, it's because you, the, the, the comment and the voice lets you know that he's just jazzed about that concept and he's still just a fan and that's what it's one of the things i love about dave filoni one of the biggest things is that he's as much a fan as you or i yeah despite his proximity to the maker george lucas despite the fact that he's intimately involved in a lot of the behind the scenes going on at lucasfilm i mean dave's been there for a decade now he's He's a, a veteran of Lucasfilm. Despite all that, he has remained firmly grounded in his fandom. His feet are flat on the on the earth, and as far as his Star Wars fandom goes, and he has never betrayed himself. He's never let his professional edge consume him, as far as being a Star Wars fan is concerned. Right, right. and yep. that's easy to have happen. It might sound foreign to a lot of our listeners. How could somebody get sick of Star Wars? It's impossible. Well, Dave Filoni proves that he's somebody who definitely can be a professional, work in the industry, work on Star Wars, work under George Lucas, and still be a fan. And that, to me, is not only a testament to the fact that Dave Filoni is, like I said, an incredibly grounded person and someone who is extremely loyal to his fandom, but it's just, it speaks volumes about the power of the franchise itself. Dave's not alone. I know a lot of people who work professionally on Star Wars who can throw down in a fandom conversation with you like nobody's business. And I'm talking about people who know what's going to be happening in the future of Star Wars, film and television, but yet they still haven't lost that buzz they get when the topic of discussion turns to the wars. They still know how to be fans. And I think that's very important. I think that's something that really is uh, 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 an indication of how powerful the mythology of Star Wars is. I also like that Dave has a weak spot still when it comes to these kids, and a lot of people are figuring that out. Oh, and we got more on that later. And speaking of Hondo, Steve, you know, um, earlier this week we released a video of some highlights from the show floor at Star Wars Celebration. We had the Rebel Force Radio camera crew out there. And uh, you'll be able to hear a nice interview from Tom Kane, get his first comments immediately following his uh, performance on stage with Smuggler's Bounty. And we talked to Hondo. Hondo was there, cosplayer Shaz Bazaar. Stuart Tullis from the Techno Retro Dads. He was representing Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars, I should say. Yes. 
Well, it's it's both actually. You right, know, it's all across the board now. Spoiler alert: <laughs> Hondo is coming back, and uh, it was so great to see Hondo himself in the flesh on the show floor at Star Wars Celebration. So here's a little uh, conversation Hondo had with our camera crew. Is this your first celebration? No, this is my third celebration, but my first is Hondo. How is this celebration different than other celebrations? Well, there's so many more people here. It's amazing. And for me, it's my first time to go solo. Not Han Solo, but solo. Is this, has this been your favorite celebration so far? Yes, I think it's the best celebration yet. So many new things. you got the Force Awakens trailer. you got Hondo in Rebels. It's wonderful. I can't wait to see it. What's been your favorite part of this year's celebration? Oh. Seeing all my friends. I like to see my friends every time I come. A lot of friends I met from Rebel Force Radio. How met through you, it. How long have you been a fan of Rebel Force Radio? I've been listening to Rebel Force Radio and their predecessor since uh, early 2007. They started in 2006, I think. Do you have a favorite part of Rebel Force Radio? I like the outrageous, unthinkable stories that they come up with sometimes, and I always like the bad impressions. And like me. You got a good impression. And do you want to give a quick shout out to Jason and Jimmy? Yeah, hey, Jason, you're fantastic, and Jimmy Mack is the man. <laughs> Stuart Tullis, a.k.a. Shaz Bazaar, as Hondo Onaka, fan favorite was at Star only, Wars Celebration. Was he the only Hondo walking around? Oh, my God, he's the only Hondo I've ever seen. It's, I mean, it is amazing. I've seen the costume, you know, watched the video, and it is it is fantastic. It seems like that's all custom prosthetic work that attaches to his face because that jaw is completely articulate. It's wow. Amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. he does the voice. And so, yeah, really impressed Dave Filoni and just about everyone else who came in contact with him throughout that whole week. Uh, yeah, coming up uh, very soon, we are going to have the best of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. We have some hand-picked audio moments from all three of the stages. As I said, we went through everything so you don't have to. And we're bringing you the best of Star Wars Celebration. But first, Steve, first, I, I'm in a giving spirit. Yes. I do this every week. I get so excited about Little Debbie Snacks. I want to give back to the Star Wars fan community. And Little Debbie knows that, so they're constantly supplying us with Little Debbie Snacks to give to you, Rebel Force Radio listeners. All you have to do is get the word out about Rebel Force Radio and Little Debbie on your various social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter. This week we're going to the Twitter and we see a tweet from N. Nadolum. N. Nadolum. Obviously a screen name, meaning what I don't know. And help you out there, Jim. Nadolum, uh, who uh, says at Rebel Force Radio at Little Debbie, couldn't help but think of you guys. And it's a picture of a store shelf. And there are boxes and boxes of cosmic brownies. The big pack, Steve. The big pack. Oh, the big packs. The big pack. And, Uh and, and, And you know that. And Nadolum stocked up and filled up that shopping cart with uh, Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies and all sort of good treats from Little Debbie. So as a result of her fine actions, I do know it's a a female, too. I did look at it because Nadolum doesn't uh, betray any sort of gender. But uh, this lovely lady uh, is saying it loud, saying it proud. She loves Star Wars. She loves Rebel Force Radio. And she loves Little Debbie. So... 
Well, hello. As a result, well, hello. hello. So man. as a result, <laughs> what do we have here? Well, I'll tell you what we have here. We have a galactic snack pack showing up to your doorstep, Nate Dolem, for getting the word out about Little Debbie and Rebel Force Radio. Each and every week we're doing just that here on Rebel Force Radio, and we're giving away Little Debbie. So like I said, uh, keep uh, getting the word out. Well, uh, Rebel Force Radio and uh, Little Debbie, Steve? Jim, I tell you, this past weekend with all the power woes, I stayed at my brother's house. My sister-in-law called me and said, is there anything you want from the store? And I said, not really. I can't think of anything. So I get to their house, and she comes in having gone to the grocery store. And she, what does she pull out of the bag? She's like, I know you like these, so I got them. There are the Cosmic Brownies. Ooh. There are the Star Crunches. Wow. There, and then she just threw in honey buns, little Debbie honey buns for the fun of it. That's perfect. And, no, uh, no, not just for the fun of it. Okay, you got um, the the uh, Star Crunch Star, obviously. That's right. We call it the Star Wars Crunch. That's right. The the Cosmic Brownies. Cosmic. Cosmic. Uh, and and then, then the Honey Bun, just for fun. No, no. The Honey Buns as a tribute to... Oh, to the Star Puffs. To the Star Puffs. Princess yeah. Leia's oh. hair. Yes, that's right. The only thing that we're missing was some Nutty Bars to represent some chocolatey, peanut buttery lightsabers. <laughs> Is that what that does for you? That's great, man. If if, if you could actually... if, if um, Hasbro could create a lightsaber out of a nutty bar. Mm. I think that would be the ultimate product crossover. <laughs> but that's how intertwined Little Debbie has become in my life because, you know, thanks to them, Little Debbie has sent me a galactic snack pack here or there. And, and I'm always quick to say thank you to them. They're great folks over there. And, uh, and I always share the love. And so my sister in law is just like, well, I know you obviously love these because you bring them up to the store a lot. And, so, little Debbie, man, the way to no better snacking, no better snacking. Big Steve says it. We say it here at Rebel Force Radio, and you guys keep saying it loud and proud on Twitter and Facebook. Keep doing that because we're giving them away each and every week here on Rebel Force Radio, and you know why we're doing that? Because of course, Little Debbie is the official snack of Rebel Force Radio. That's right. Three weeks ago, it all happened at the uh, convention center in Anaheim. You notice how we're regressing now. Before, when we did these updates, we would say three weeks until, two weeks until. Now we're like, (laughs) three months ago. No. Two years ago. But uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, a, a lot of fallout still happening from Star Wars Celebration. Uh, uh, Steve, as you mentioned, the uh, coverage from StarWars.com, powered by Verizon, was uh, spectacular. And it's taken me this long to really weed through it and find all the good stuff. And man, did we find a lot of good stuff. I just want to start off right away with the... Um, with that great panel that kicked it all off, the, the Force Awakens panel featuring, of course, uh, Kathy Kennedy, J.J. Abrams, and the cast of The Force Awakens, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Oscar Isaac, all up there saying what they can at this point about Star Wars The Force Awakens. So I pulled just a little brief segment. I'm sure everyone listening to the show did watch that panel. But I just wanted to pull out this choice moment where they... The, the three main stars, Daisy, John, and Oscar, I should say Ray, Finn, and Poe, all discussed, they gave us little tidbits about their characters. Check this out. 
Hey, y'all, again. Um, we discover Ray on the desert planet Jakku. Um, she is a scavenger in like a ship graveyard. And she is like completely self-sufficient. She does everything for herself and very solitary until she meets another character and an adventure begins. And that leads us to John Boyega. And yes. Finn. So Finn, Finn is the first character we see in, this, in The Force Awakens. He was the first face that appeared in that teaser trailer last November. You're... John... He's in, a, he's in a stormtrooper uniform, but people are wondering, is he in disguise? Is he an actual stormtrooper? So tell us, how do we meet Finn in this movie? Well, first of all, Star Wars Celebration. What's up? What? Insane. So how to do that? So we find Finn. Um, he's in incredible danger. And the way in which he decides to react to this danger um, changes his life, number one, and launches him into the Star Wars universe in a very unique way. Uh, so I can't wait for you guys to see it. And he, and he is a stormtrooper, right? You can confirm that. <laughs> he is. He is a stormtrooper, but, <laughs> but John, everybody knows stormtroopers are bad guys. So are you a bad guy or a good guy in this movie? My memory's just gone. I, I, <laughs> No, no, no recall? All right. We'll come back to it some other time. Oscar Isaac. What's up, everybody? Woo-hoo. The only character on stage who has two names, Poe Dameron. We see him piloting an X-Wing fighter. We saw you in the uniform there. So tell us about... Tell us about playing this guy. Who is he? He's the best frickin' pilot in the galaxy, that's who he is. <laughs> He's been sent on a mission by a certain princess. And uh, he ends up coming across Mr. John Boyega's character, and their fates are forever intertwined. So the three leads, I find it fascinating that you have a, a stormtrooper and an X-Wing pilot. I don't know, potentially working together with a scavenger. Sort of ticks all the boxes. Um, There are a number of actors that everybody knows are in the movie but are not able to join us yet, and you've got time to reveal uh, them. We have this incredible cast, uh, some of whom you see here, including uh, Adam Driver and Andy Serkis. We have Lupita Nyong'o, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, It's an incredible group. Um, But, you know, we have... uh, many, many months before the movie comes out, and I promise you that we're going to have a lot of fun revealing between now and then uh, the other actors, but uh, how lucky are we to have these three today? Come on. So there you have it. The guys can't really say too much, especially with J.J. up on stage staring daggers at them every time they open their mouths. Now, I'm pretty sure... Everything that was said on stage was predetermined Indeed. <laughs> backstage prior to them uh, going under the spotlights. Uh, what Daisy revealed about Ray is that she's a scavenger who uh, works in uh, what she referred to as a uh, starship graveyard. And I thought that was pretty interesting because we've seen images that obviously in that second teaser trailer, the uh, 
crashed Star Destroyer, which right. is right. striking and amazing. You also see a downed X-Wing in the foreground. But there are other shots, too, that were presented during the Force Awakens panel. One in particular that clearly showed Daisy standing on the leg of an AT-AT lying yeah. on its side. Did you catch that, Steve? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it wasn't lost on a lot of people who started to uh, tweet me or email me and just say, AT-AT foot, AT-AT foot, <laughs> which is a throwback to a, to a to an appearance I made on the show. And we were like, Jim, that's an AT-AT foot. Yes. So, Back during this last summer, yeah. when uh, filming was going on in Abu Dhabi, one of the very first photos that were leaked of potential Star Wars set design was a giant AT-AT foot being pulled out of storage on the desert in the desert dunes. So it was kind of weird, like an AT-AT foot. Why an AT-AT foot? Now we know. Yep, that's it's it's fascinating. Um, I, w- I, w- I want to just give props to the host of the, of that particular panel. I can't remember his name from e- Entertainment Weekly. Um. He made a great point about John Boyega being the first face of The Force Awakens that we saw uh, from that teaser trailer way back in, in November. And that's something I never really thought about. That, you know, he was, in a lot of ways, our introduction into this new era of Star Wars. Just him popping up on screen the way he did. Yeah, thought, who was so, that I guy? thought that was a keen observation. Who was that guy? He was a nice guy. Uh, he is with EW. And um, uh, me and Jason actually ran into him on the elevator at the uh, at the hotel afterwards. Oh. Uh, Anthony Bresnikan. Yes, Anthony Bresnikan. He has fabulous hair. All right. Oh, amazing. Let's just start hair. there. That's what I think primarily got him the gig was the hair was. But yeah. no, you know what? He did ask some good questions, and uh, yeah, me and Jason were on the uh, elevator with him at the. Uh, Oh gosh, which hotel did I even stay at? I don't even remember. There was what did I say? <laughs> I think I said I stayed at the Hilton. Yeah, of course I stayed at the Hilton because Hilton is the best hotel ever. And uh, so we stayed at the Hilton there. And uh, Anthony got on the elevator with me and Jason. And we introduced ourselves to him, and uh, he, he seemed very unimpressed. And uh, we went on to say how we thought he did a great job, and he was very gracious. And uh, I, I, you know, there was a lot of pressure on that guy being up there. That's, there was. Yes. There was uh, I, I know that the the prep work being put into this panel was unlike just about anything that we'd ever seen at a Star Wars celebration. Uh, Working uh, for hours and hours, days in advance, in that giant auditorium known as the Mini Arena at the uh, convention center. But uh, the the crew from Lucasfilm, the crew from Bad Robot, the crew from uh, Disney, they were all in there really meticulously producing this event. I uh, actually got to see them in action uh, the day prior. I was hanging out in the arena as we were having meetings for Smuggler's Bounty. Oh, wow. And uh, so I was watching them work on cues and uh, lighting and projection. And uh, you could tell that there were a lot of real dyed-in-the-wool professionals putting this event together because they knew the world would be watching, and the world was watching. Just an amazing event. So uh, you hear Daisy say that she is a uh, starship graveyard scavenger. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gives us a little indication as to uh, how uh, Ray spends her time. 
out there on the desert. We have to assume that Jakku is a desert planet. We all know that Star Wars planets have one climate. That's right. All the way around. All the way around. All the way around. It's amazing how that happens, but it happens. And uh, so uh, Ray is there, and uh, she is, uh, she's like a Jawa. She's a Jakku Jawa. In a lot of ways, I guess so. But uh, probably far easier on the olfactory senses. A lot better looking, a lot better smelling, I think. Yes. But with uh, more sparkly eyes, too. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, John Boyega, what do we hear him reveal? Other than obvious enthusiasm for the franchise. You can tell that Boyega is happy to be there. And I think he has a talent to back it up. He seems like a really, really cool dude. And uh, he does reveal that, indeed, his character is, in fact, a stormtrooper. Now, I don't think there was much question or debate over that, especially considering some of the uh, rumors we've been hearing about the, the plot and his character. But, but, but we still cannot take it for granted that he is a stormtrooper, because going back to 1977 in A New Hope, we know that our heroes will occasionally go undercover and in disguise as troopers. So we can't jump to the conclusion just because we see a guy in trooper armor that he is indeed a trooper. That's true. You know what? That thought never crossed my mind. I just always accepted this guy was a stormtrooper. Now, why is that? Why, why did you always accept that? I, I know. I always accepted it from the moment I saw it. I don't know. I guess. I just thought, well, surely they, I don't know. Maybe I'm too, I'm, I'm far too trusting. That's weird. Because we've never seen stormtroopers, at least original trilogy stormtroopers, without With their, their helmets, helmets on. Yeah. Unless, of course, it was Han or Luke. Yeah. So right there, it's sort of establishing to us as viewers that the only stormtroopers that will be sans bucket are our heroes. Our fakes. Yeah, that's true. Well, and then they get in the whole discussion, well, is he a good guy or a bad guy? And, of course, that's when Boyega kind of shuts up, of course, you know. And, again, all planned, obviously. And um, and uh, I, I'm, le- I'm, I'm leaning toward he is definitely one of our heroes. Yeah. Yeah, I think without a doubt. I think, um, and uh, this is not a spoiler alert, this is a speculation alert. I think that uh, John is, um, he defects from the Imperial Army, and uh, we see that somewhere in the first act of this film. And that's how he uh, comes to meet up with uh, Daisy and Oscar. So uh, that's a pure speculation, of course. And Steve, how closely are you following spoilers? I can't remember if I've asked you this before. I, I listen to about 15 minutes of spoilers a week. <laughs> That's that's more than we've been doing. Uh, that's way more than we've been doing. Where have you been getting these spoilers from, sir? It's it's hard to avoid them a lot when you have people who do follow them and they email them yeah. to you or that sort of thing. I I mean, I'm average spoiler. I'm I'm not as spoiled as I have been on some stuff in the past, but but I'm also not like scared to death of them. I'm kind of I'm like you though. I'm getting to the point where I'm I don't really want to hear anything else. Oh, good. So you heard me mention that. Yes. Um, I, we are getting to that point where, if we continue down the path we've been going down, I 
and all of us, if, if you listen to every minute of the show, we're going to graduate from being mildly spoiled to majorly spoiled. Right. And we're, we're approaching that crossroads very quickly here, folks. And the reason I've never really established any sort of spoiler policy on Rebel Force Radio, why me and Jason have never really established that policy, is because this is new ground for us. This is all very uncharted territory, let's just say. And we didn't want to paint ourselves into a corner at any point in time by establishing some sort of policy about spoilers on Rebel Force Radio. We just keep riding along with it as long as it feels right to us. Well, here we are in our post-celebration state. We've seen the second trailer. We've learned a lot more information about the, the upcoming film, Star Wars The Force Awakens, we certainly know a lot more information than we did, say, a month ago. Mm-hmm. And we're at that. We're, I think we're not quite at the crossroads, but we're rapidly approaching it where we have to say, how much more spoiler territory do we want to go into? And I, I, th- think, I think the Vanity Fair article kind of put me to the line. The Vanity uh-huh. Fair. You know what? Maybe that's it because it was last on last week's show when I said to Jason, I said it on the show, you know, are we going to keep doing the spoilers? And, so, and Jason seemed disappointed because I know he has things. He has things up his sleeve he wants to discuss. Right. He's, right. he's, he's kind of looking. He's, he's in the present, and I appreciate that. I'm looking a little forward to the near future and thinking to myself, how far deep into, into this do we want to go? So that's still yet to be determined. I, I'm telling you guys, I want this to happen naturally. I want it to happen organically. I want things to evolve the way they should as fans. Because Rebel Force Radio is an extension of my fandom, of your fandom, Steve, of Jason's fandom, and of our listeners' fandom. And you guys certainly let us know what you want to hear on this show. You guys are always letting us know. And we take all that into account. Keep in mind, we don't let the inmates run to prison. (laughs) So don't be sending us emails with spoilers, guys. No, you know, I mean, well, that's just it. You should be sensitive. When you're, uh, you're around any sort of Star Wars fan, you have to be sensitive about the way you distribute those spoilers. Don't spill your coffee, Jim. Oh, no, I... It's on the other table. <laughs> I had to double check. That's right. You were with me last time when I, right. I was making a point. And the next uh, thing you know, getting passionate, pounding the table, letting us know sparks are flying, <laughs> and I'm still impassioned. But um, uh, but so that's just that's that's current spoiler policy as far as I'm concerned. Well, now with Oscar Isaac, who okay. comes into play here? Oscar, yeah. Uh, Poe Dameron. Um, he did say something, Jim, that, I mean, caused my speculation meter to just fly off the chart when he says, I'm the best freaking pilot in the galaxy. There you go. I mean, are you thinking this? I mean, are you thinking there's going to be some, some friction between he and another best freaking pilot in the galaxy? Here's the thing. When Oscar said that on stage, he wasn't saying that because he was proud of his character. He wasn't saying that because he's cocky. As an actor, he was saying that because at that moment in time, he was Poe Dameron. He yes. slipped into his character on stage. When he says Poe is the best pilot in the galaxy, that's not Oscar saying that. That's Poe Dameron saying that. 
because Oscar is channeling Poe on stage during that opening kickoff ceremony for uh, Star Wars Celebration. That was Oscar channeling Poe. Poe is going to be so cocky, so full of himself, and he's going to have the skills to back it up. It's going to be really interesting when he and Han Solo cross yeah. paths. That's because the first thing I thought the minute he said that. I'm like, yes. well, I have something to say about that. It's going to be old school meets new school. And let's just see whether or not Poe Dameron likes being called kid. Because oh. <laughs> you know it's coming, kid. <laughs> you know it's coming, you know. Oh, man. But maybe you prefer floaty. What does is, what is Hans say to Luke? Um, maybe you, uh, he says that uh, great he, line. He says, you watch your mouth, kid, or you find yourself floating, floating home. You find. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And what's Poe? Poe is like full of himself. Yeah. Poe po really believes he is the best freaking pilot in the galaxy. But that's because he hasn't crossed paths with Han Solo. And Han may have been estranged from the Millennium Falcon for a while. Han's piloting days, his, his hotshot piloting days might be a thing of the past at this point in his career. So it's going to be interesting to watch him butt heads with the new hot shot. For all we know, Poe Dameron made the Kessel run in less than 11 parsecs. Oh, no. <laughs> Say it ain't so, Jimmy Mack. <laughs> but so it's going to be really great to see the chemistry clash between Han and Poe. Because I think what we're seeing with Oscar Isaac at that moment in time, he was not Oscar Isaac the actor. He was Poe Dameron the pilot up on that stage. So I think we'll be experiencing quite a bit of that cockiness from his character. So those are a few things we were able to take out of the, the Force Awakens uh, panel. Obviously, the, the trailer, uh, we talked about that um, in, in great detail with Sam Witwer. Um, Steve, I know you talked about that a great deal on Geek Out Loud. So uh, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll gloss over that. But it was the character stuff. You know, right. here it is. It's, it's our first introduction to the big three of the sequel trilogy. And I, I imagine that these three individual actors will become staples of Star Wars celebrations for years to come. But right now, this is their, their uh, coming out party, and we don't even know very much about their characters at all. But I think that each individually gave us a, a very succinct taste of what those characters are going to be all about when we finally see them on screen this December. I, I totally agree. I think that um, I think it was very well, like you said, very well produced little bit of business. And it's one of the things that's gotten glossed over in a lot of recaps and, and reviews that I've heard people do because of the BB-8 and because of the trailer. You know, these guys were sandwiched in between some really cool stuff. And, uh, and, and if you break down what they said, you kind of start to really pick apart where, where this thing's going. And I get the sense that, um, you know, I didn't mention this, but I really get the sense, that, as a lot of people have been saying, that this may be Ray's story, um, just based on the way that she mentioned herself, as, as far as being, she seems like, it seems like the character Ray's content uh, where she's at. And so this this may very well be Ray's hero's journey. Okay, yeah. If if you want to get into to Joseph Campbellism, um, 
absolutely the hero has to be pushed onto the, the, the path of the journey. The, the journey just doesn't happen because the protagonist wants it to. Well, maybe because they wanted to, but not because they're trying to manipulate events to make it happen for them. Right, they right. have to be pushed like the bird, the, the, the baby bird being thrown out of the nest by the mother bird. That's what happens with the hero's journey. You cannot take the path that is there in front of you. You are not going on your predetermined easy way. You're taking the hard way. And that's what's going to happen with Ray. That's why I, I really like how you brought that up. She is content being that scavenger right. of the starship graveyard. That's her gig. That's her life. She knows her way around there. And all the, the people who circulate within that same region, they know her. She has an identity. She has a purpose. And she has a place. So when she gets removed from that comfortable existence that she's in, no matter how rough it might look from the outside, it's her comfort level. It's her, it's her sphere of, of comfort. And uh, to, to be pushed on the hero's journey, she's going to have to be blasted out of that area. And I say blasted. That could be taken literally in a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> but um, she has to be pushed. She has to be thrown out of the nest. And uh, I, I, wow, Steve, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that uh, she's content when we meet her. At the beginning of The Force Awakens. And then she's going to re realize, much like Luke Skywalker, that her destiny is far larger and far more complex. Good stuff from The Force Awakens panel. Let's burn through some of this material here before we yes. run out of time. Um, the Battlefront panel was another one that people were very much looking forward to. It had a rock concert vibe about it. The energy in the room was huge at the digital stage. David Collins and representatives from the uh, Dice Gaming Group there, uh, the, the, the folks that, who are uh, developing Battlefront for Lucasfilm, they um, actually gave us a little bit of info on the Battle of Jakku uh, DLC and uh, release dates. That's what everyone was wondering going into, into this. When will we be able to play Battlefront? Well, David Collins and the gang at the digital stage lay the deets on us. So we've seen the trailer. Uh, we've seen some incredible gameplay slides and, and all the pre-production work that you've done. When do we get to play Star Wars Battlefront? Do you guys want to know? You will get to play Star Wars Battlefront on November 17th. November 17th. Wow. So, I'm sorry, I'm just a little overwhelmed because November 17th, there's something else going on in the fall, I'm pretty sure. There was a trailer yesterday. Did you guys, did you guys see trailer? the trailer? Maybe it flew under the radar, but I don't know There was know a trailer that, you know, this morning. Uh, there was a trailer this morning. No, but seriously, so Star Wars Episode Seven. you guys saw the trailer, it was incredible. How about that trailer yesterday, you guys? There's just so much Star Wars, it's just, oh my God, tears of joy. So, uh, Episode Seven comes out, what, uh, something like a month later, something like that? It's just going to be a, a Star Wars party, basically, from November to December, uh, lots of fan tears of joy were shed yesterday during that trailer. Now, if you say to us that there is some connection, even though the timelines between you know the classic trilogy and episode uh, seven are obviously very different, 
we might shed a few more tears of joy if you say there's any connection between Star Wars Battlefront and The Force Awakens. Yes, there is. So what you saw in the opening shots of the trailer yesterday, you saw uh, the sand planet of Jakku. And you saw that downed Star Destroyer uh, on that planet of Jakku. And you think to yourself, what happened? Where does this Star Destroyer come from? Okay. So what that means, basically that uh, not so long after the Battle of Antor, on a remote planet on the outer rim, the planet of Jakku, there is a battle. And that battle will be delivered to everyone who has a copy of Star Wars Battlefront on December 8th as free DLC. Calm down. It's not a very Swedish thing to do. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, wait, wait. You said a couple of key things there, so I just want to make sure. So November 17th, the game comes out. And on December 8th, you get to play DLC, The Battle of Jakku, for free if you have a copy of, of Star Wars Absolutely, you can do that. But there's more. Oh, if, no. you, if you pre-order the game, you get to play The Battle of Jakku one week earlier than anyone else. So on December 1st... David Collins and the gang from DICE giving us all the info on Star Wars Battlefront. We're going to be getting it in November. And uh, if you uh, pre-order like I did, you'll be able to get that downloadable content, the Battle of Jakku. Essentially, what appears to me to be something of a prequel to The Force Awakens, something uh, that you know, some new content we'll be able to get that will set us up for the film, and we'll be able to get it a few weeks before the film premieres. Yeah, so, they, they said as much in the panel, and it's, and it's not long before the movie premiere that that DLC will be available. Like right. They're holding it off yes. uh, intentionally. But uh, the game itself looks beautiful. Um, I think there are a lot of people making a bigger deal of Boba Fett being in that Battle of Jakku footage than they need to make. You know, I don't, I think that there's just, you know, sometimes they throw in these trailers, they'll just throw some character models in there uh, to give you an idea of the gameplay and that sort of thing. So, you know, canonosity, when you're talking about a video game, can be a real slippery slope because Mm -hmm. what is the prime concern of any video game developer is providing a most complete gaming experience. So you you can't really be shackled by film continuity when you're dealing with a video game. There's always going to be leeway. And that's always been the case. I mean, even games that we consider to be full-on canon Mm -hmm. have always had a little bit of wiggle room. Even things like The Force Unleashed or Dark Forces, if you want to go back f- that far. you know, there's, there's Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. There's always a little bit of wiggle room for strict canon rule. And that is simply by the nature of the medium itself. Video gameplay must be more concerned with the gaming experience other than the storytelling experience. And don't right. get me wrong. I mean, I, I understand a lot of great stories are told via video games. But we're dealing with a story here that far surpasses 
simple video games. The Star Wars saga is a mythology on its own. And so you have to give the, the wiggle room to the video game continuity. You have to sort of make it its own continuity. continuity. That, that being said, I really do think that uh, that DLC, uh, the Battle of Jakku, is going to give some really neat insight, yeah. maybe into yeah. into not only the Force Awakens, but maybe a character or two. Yeah, yeah. The Force Awakens. We, wow, we'll see, or maybe even a ship design, or mm-hmm. a, a certain technology, or uh, wh- whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun to play. I actually do have my pre-order in, which is absurd. I've never said that before. <laughs> yeah, I was. Now, what platform? Xbox. Okay. Yeah, Xbox. X- Xbox is the uh, game of choice uh, by young uh, 12-year-old Dylan Mack, and uh, he is the one who calls all the shots for gaming in this house. So uh, it was pretty easy for him to strong-arm me into getting the pre-order for Battlefront, especially after being fresh off of Star Wars Celebration and seeing some amazing... Um, uh, demonstrations of the game uh, behind closed doors. We'll get into that next week on Rebel Force Radio. Of course, Swank wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Jason. Uh, Jason will. Uh, I, I still haven't told Jason what when I was star- me and Filoni and Star Wars Battlefront what we were oh, at Celebration. But we'll get into that next week, folks. We've shown you guys we can't fit all of Celebration into one show. We can't fit it into a month of shows. <laughs> I mean, really, it's it's the truth. It's the We're truth. We're basically Rebel Force Radio is going to be doing celebration and Star Wars weekends coverage yes. until the release of the Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know what? That sounds just right to me. That sounds just right to me. Okay, so we've played you guys a, a few bits from the uh, StarWars.com coverage. Um, we gave you a, a couple excerpts there. But uh, now we're going to play you a nice, healthy chunk of uh, some audio from the behind-the-scenes stage. This is probably stuff you've never heard before unless you were actually in that room for... The panels. And the, the first panel we're going to play from the behind-the-scenes stage is Rebel Women Who Fought the Clone Wars. This was our final panel on Friday night, day two of Star Wars Celebration. And we were really looking forward to this, Steve, because this was going to feature the top female talent who work at Lucasfilm and are responsible for uh, such great productions like Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars. Specifically speaking, I, I'll give a shout out to all of them. You had uh, producer Athena Portillo there. You had Rain Roberts from the Lucasfilm Story Group and uh, a creative executive at Lucasfilm. You had Liz Marshall, another big shot producer on Star Wars Rebels. And of course, you had artist Amy Beth Christensen, who is a concept artist on Star Wars Rebels and worked on Star Wars The Clone Wars and also had a very uh, huge career at LucasArts. I know Amy, ABC, as Filoni calls her. ABC, she worked on The Force Unleashed. Remember back in 2007, we were getting the glimpses of the future of Star Wars, and it was all this production art that in concept art that we couldn't put into context because all we were hearing was it was the future of star Wars. Well, this was concept art done for the force unleashed and 
ABC, Amy Beth Christensen, was the one who was providing all that stuff for StarWars.com. So we had this great idea. Well, Lucasfilm had a great idea for a panel that focused on all this incredible female talent, which is a rarity in the industry, the animation industry, to have such great talent up top being female and that just shows you what a great progressive company Lucasfilm is, Lucas Animation. And so we wanted to bring these ladies out up on stage and give them their moment in the spotlight. So uh, me and Jason went out there. We started our introduction as always. But wouldn't you know it, someone had to crash the party. Check it out. Good afternoon and welcome to the behind the scenes stage. What an exciting day this has been. How many of you is this your first day at Celebration? A few of you. Oh. So you were all here tomorrow, yesterday? Yes. Are you going to be here all four days? Will you ever miss a Celebration again? No. All right. Well, I'm really excited about this panel. Yeah, this is because, a good Because, well, it's something we know a lot about. Rebel women. That's we right. Know, well, I mean, we know lots about rebels. Yeah, so you've got, you've got, uh, wait, you got Wedge. Wedge, you, you have um, Biggs. Biggs. Who else? Who else? Um, Borkins. Borkins, right? And, uh, well, and what women. do we know about women? Lots about women. Let's talk about Rebels a little more. All right. Because, um, <laughs> Dak. Dak. See, there's no one you could think of more suited to host and moderate this panel than us. Of course. We Rebel know women. Rebels. In the Hoth, so, the Hoth base where the Rebels right. hang out, that's a cool that, place. That right? would be good. That's a cool place. Rebel women. See, they love the Hoth base. I know, the Hoth base. The, the Hoth base. Oh, <laughs> Dave Filoni, ladies and gentlemen, oh what are you doing here? Should I go to the podium? Well, you could just talk here. Well, I'm going to moderate this panel. What? Wait a minute, Dave Filoni. I love you guys. This is our stage. But these are my friends. <laughs> and I know them better than you. So if uh, you're willing, uh, you let me take it over from here, boys. Well, let's ask them. Do you, can we give the stage over to Dave Filoni? <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Introduce your team. All right. So uh, first I want to say uh, my friends I'm going to bring out here, uh, I rope them into this. And I really appreciate uh, that they're going through with it. Uh, they're fantastic. There's been a lot of uh, talk, you know, over I think the last couple of years about uh, strong female characters and characters in Star Wars. And uh, in all honesty, the strongest female characters are actually behind uh, the camera. They're behind the scenes. Uh, they're doing great things every day. Uh, it just so happens that uh, most people... Uh, don't know about it. It's our job as creatives not to let you really feel our presence. But uh, here at Star Wars Celebration, where we're kind of celebrating uh, Star Wars in general, I wanted to celebrate uh, some of the women that are responsible uh, for the great work on uh, Clone Wars Rebels and beyond. I can tell you as a director now at the Lucasfilm for 10 years that uh, none of the work I do would be possible without their, their incredible efforts. Just none of it. Uh, you can have a vision. You can write something. You can dream something up, but you need committed people to make it happen on screen, and these women definitely do that. So I owe them a great deal, and you guys should know about them. So let me bring them out in no particular order. Uh, first, Amy Beth Christensen, a designer. 
ABC. You can have a seat over there. Just anywhere, anywhere you choose. There is no wrong here. We're kind of winging this, as you can tell. That's the problem when you're on production is you never have time to plan panels. That's why we hired Jason and Jimmy, in all fairness. So uh, let me bring out Liz Marshall. Production on Clone Wars and Now on Rebels. Liz Marshall. Let me bring out Rain Roberts. Lucasfilm Story Group, Rain Roberts. Hello, Rain. Thank you for being here, Rain. And let me bring out a super important person. Not that you guys aren't important. But in my career at Lucasfilm, uh, my right hand, my Darth Maul, Athena Portillo. Producer of Clone Wars. And now on Star Wars Rebels. See, it's not as frightening as it seems. I might just stand here <laughs> for no particular reason. I just, sitting there might be too hard um, and too awkward for me. So I'll just kind of hover over here and then let you do your thing. And you just will talk and I'll ask a question. We'll talk. We've got images uh, floating up here um, that we all picked out. Basically, I think this is every female character we ever created in the animated division of Lucasfilm. Uh, from Clone Wars and Rebels, with a few exceptions because it's just too top secret for you to know about yet. I know. But there are some interesting things we will pass the screen and we will try to distract you with our much more interesting answers over here. So the first thing I'd like to ask you guys, and we're all going to answer this question, it's like a game show. I should have made it a game show. You guys love those game shows I make when we're in production. I'm procrastinating, wasting time. So... Starting off, you know, with this idea that, um, you know, women are, are recent to the scene in fandom, which I don't agree with. I mean, you guys I know well. Uh, Athena, I want to start with you. When, when did you become a Star Wars fan? Tell them a little bit about your early beginnings, the young Athena Portillo. Sure. Go ahead. Thank you very much, and thank you for the introduction. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, my dad took me to see Star Wars at the Coronet Theater on Geary Street in the Bay Area. Um, as you know, that theater is not there any, anymore, but the memory sure is. Um, and I just remember standing in line for about two and a half hours um, with him and watching the Star Destroyer for the first time was pretty amazing. Uh, my second memory was once again in line for two and a half hours for Empire Strikes Back. Um, but this time it was different because um, they actually had vendors out there passing off souvenir booklets, and that was wonderful to have as, as a souvenir. But also, and I know this is embarrassing, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, it was the first time I had a crush, and my crush was on Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and I remember watching the movie with my sister, and we would get into arguments about, like, why, why Luke? Because she had a crush on Han Solo. And I said, because Luke... He's, he's a Jedi. I just know it, you know? Um, Han is just more of a smooth operator. <laughs> so, so we would talk about that. Um, another earlier memory was um, watching Space Giants before going to kindergarten every morning. Um, Space Giants is a Japanese um, TV series, and Goldar is my favorite character from that series. This is uh, Tokusatsu, Japanese. That's mm -hmm. why you and I get along, because I'm a big Godzilla fan. Yes. <laughs> and I know this reference. Not many people do. That's crazy. Yeah. What, what was it about Star Wars, you know, besides Luke, that drew you to it? Just the adventure, the excitement? Yes, definitely the adventure. Um, just everything, from the visual effects to 
of lightsabers, the storytelling, just the connection, dark side, light side, all of it. Just fell in love with that. And Rain, how about you? Young Rain Roberts, first <laughs> contact with the Force. What was that like? My first contact with the Force was definitely at daycare. Uh, <laughs> daycare? I did not know the Force operated so, but who knows? It works in mysterious ways. Yeah, it does. I just remember um, the Star Wars movies being on at daycare. Like, they, they, we would watch them. We'd watch Empire. I remember the Ewoks. I remember the Speeders and Leia and Luke and Han. And, and it just always being a part of the background of my life from being a very young kid. I don't have a big moment where I remember the first time everything happened. I was just always there. And, and so it's part of, I would say, the DNA of just my childhood, along with you know, Indiana Jones and on all the other Steven Spielberg movies and all the movies Kathy was doing at that time. They're just, it's just a happy time just growing up with my family, seeing movies all the time. That they, Star Wars is part of it. And then I would say... Um, when I got to Lucasfilm and some things that happened in my life that, that led me to Lucasfilm and I, I automatically knew I was like, I'm supposed to be here working on these movies. And now I'm a crazy, crazy fan. So. I know you are. I know you are. But I think you hit something that a lot of people mentioned. I think JJ mentioned it you know, at the panel, which is Star Wars, it feels a certain way. It connects with you. There's a hope to it that you know, I think is what we all identify with. It's that feeling that Connection. Some people call it spiritual. I think uh, otherwise it just lifts us up in the middle of our day. It's something that George engineered so well uh, that he wanted to transfer. And obviously it connected with you, mm-hmm. even in kindergarten. In, in daycare. Daycare, which is exceptional. <laughs> Liz Marshall. Hi. Your connection to the force. You're wearing um, black and gold. That's bonus points. I for know. Pittsburgh. But the Penguins I, play tomorrow. I knew you would be here, so... Um, <laughs> I guess for me, growing up, um, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, they were what I would describe as my sick day movies, where if I wasn't feeling well, Dad let me stay home, and those were the movies that he would always rent for us. Um, so just growing up, they just feel so comforting and like home and just part of this, you know, these great memories of just being a kid, really. Um, yeah. And in general, in my house, we had, I guess we were kind of, literary fans um growing up you know again my dad would read us like the hobbit and lord of the rings when i was about five years old and uh, would take us to the library and just basically let us run amok and say you can pick out any book you wanted to so i would go straight to the fantasy section that book has a dragon on it i'm gonna read about dragon riders of pern um so (laughs) confession time so um it's just, fine. Everybody here reads these kind of books. Liz. Yeah. There's nothing odd here. I mean, Terry so, Pratchett, all the way. I mean, yeah, they're so. fine with it. <laughs> That's it? That's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> ABC. Hi. How did you connect with the Force in a powerful way? Star Wars was the first movie I ever saw at a movie theater. And I was a little bit too young to remember the whole experience, but um, my... The thing that changed my life, I think, forever was I remember going to see Empire Strikes Back, and I remember how I felt the first time I saw Adats come out of the fog. Um, and I was like, oh my God. I just sat up in my seat, and I think I was standing for the rest of the movie. But, um, <laughs> so that was that. I was a Star Wars fan after that. My whole family was. Um, and growing up in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, we couldn't get to a movie theater very often. Um, they usually played Star Wars a lot. 
so we'd go see the movie um, every chance we got. But when they didn't, we had to get the radio dramas on record player. And my whole family, aunts, uncles, cousins, we'd all get in the living room of my grandma's house and reenact them and be a bunch of dorks. <laughs> Reenactment. Yes. That's awesome. We could have some of that happen at work. That'd be incredible. No. I'm all for that. We need to do some more lightsaber fighting. Well, let's talk about Star Wars specifically, characters, vehicles, whatever it is you like about Star Wars. I think it's all, people know what I like about Star Wars. I like Commander Wolf. I like Ahsoka. You know, I like the Ada driver. I like Plo Koon. Everybody knows I like Plo Koon. Lucas will make that a big thing. Everybody knows I like Plo Koon. George Lucas knows I like Plo Koon. That's great. I have more Plo Koon stuff in my office than anyone could ever need. I even have his actual head in my office. So be careful. Be careful what you wish for here. Because one thing I've learned about Star Wars fans, once you say you like something, it will come to you. They will bring it to you. It will walk up and talk to you. Okay? So... These people are dangerous. <laughs> They're for real. <laughs> Whatever it is. Athena, what is it, a character, your favorite character in Star Wars? That what do you like? That actually is very true because um, the character did walk up to me yesterday and I took a photo. Darth Maul. It was, I love Darth Maul. Um, I love the Knight Brothers. I love the Knight Sisters. I love their attire. I love their clothing. I, if they had their own clothing line, I would wear it every day. Um, <laughs> That's how I try to incorporate Star Wars into my daily life. Um, Kim Libreri actually said that I reminded him of a goth Jedi, which was huge to me. That was like the biggest compliment anyone could give me. I was like, what, me? It was great. <laughs> but um, yeah, Darth Maul, I'd say, would be my favorite character. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> Rain, how about you? My favorite character is Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, Spoiler, just, Rain. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't watch the movies yet. Um, I just <laughs> love his whole journey, you know. And it's like you, when you watch the first three films or the original trilogy, and you don't have the the, the prequels. <laughs> even even without the prequels, I mean, like his arc is means so much to me. I'm so moved by it. I, I pull up the end of Jedi all the time just to watch Luke and his dad. Like it really gets me. And then when you take um, the journey of Anakin and the prequels and seeing him go down to the dark side, I think it's just so wonderful. I just, I think it's, he's my favorite character. Fantastic. Ms. Marshall. Um, well, I kind of like any of the, the critters of Star Wars, if you will. <laughs> a broad topic. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I really love, like, you know, just all of the animals are so fantastical. Like, I love the Bantha and the Wampa and the Ewoks. And um, I have a toy that I don't think is licensed, <laughs> oh, possibly, that, um, <laughs> that I thought was an Ewok my whole life growing up. Um, and it basically looks like a fuzzy potato wearing, like, a... Like a robe with a hood and his eyes light up. And then I realized recently looking at it, I was like, oh my God, I think that's a Jawa. Because its <laughs> eyes lit up? I upsetting. I was like, my, my whole life is alive. Um, <laughs> but I, and I still love those characters. Like, I love on our show, like when Amy did the puffer pig, like I was obsessed with that. I mean, my God, it's like so good. So I love Really? Yeah, yeah. That's my answer now. Yeah. So I think those, those characters are just so fun, and they just kind of add this like special element towards Star Wars that yeah. is so unique to all of the movies. So. The puffer pig. Yeah. 
don't get it. Really? I love it. Anyway, ABC. You kicked us off on that design. I know. <laughs> you, yeah. I think it was my idea. Yeah. Here, but yes. You just never know what people are going to grab onto. <laughs> Thank God I haven't met a puffer pig this weekend. Now I feel like I have to say it was a puffer pig. <laughs> oh. For me, I, it, I can't answer that. Anything. There's no wrong oh here. I'm not judging. Um, well, just as a character, Han. I'd have to go with Han. I love the sarcastic attitude and running around. And yeah, that's Han Solo? Yeah. So you had a moment this week when you watched the trailer. Oh. That was probably big also, for you. Also, I don't think I've sobbed that hard and loud Aww. since I was a child. That... <laughs> it, it, it punched me in the six-year-old really hard. <laughs> so I'm going with that. It's so great. When you see stuff, especially what's coming, I'm like, oh, ABC. <laughs> Let's go make her watch the trailer again. <laughs> well, that's they, fantastic. Yeah, Jess had an idea to get to, uh, Kleenexes with Chewy Wear Home printed onto Kleenexes. So I'm crying, but I'm using Kleenex because I'm crying again. <laughs> and you have um, probably the most rabid Rebels fan of Hera I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You're a little girl who I keep supplying with action figures. Yes, thank you for that. Tell them a little bit about what happened when you brought Hera home and what happened to the Inquisitor. Oh, no, it was it was callous. But yeah, it was um, callous. Yeah, uh, I have a two-year-old at home, and I'm not putting any pressure on her. She doesn't know I work on this show, but she loves Rebels, and she watches it. And um, she loves Hera, so she runs around all the time saying that she's Hera. Um, and then, yeah, thanks to you, I had a Hera action figure, and... It was ridiculous. I thought her eyes were going to pop out of her head. She ran around the house screaming, jumping up and down. It was the best thing ever. And then, um, and then a couple of days later, as, you know, that was the last figure we needed for the Rebels, the ghost crew. But uh, she kind of likes Callus, too. <laughs> for, yeah, she, she's really scared of all the Imperials, but Callus is okay. Really? Yeah. So I was like, do you want a Callus figure? She's like, yeah, I want a Callus figure. And then Killian had an extra one and we brought it home. And she... She, she, she was just like and put it back in the box and I found out it was because Callus is okay, it's his rifle because she's, she's worried that he's going to beat up Zeb with his, his rifle oh my god so she re-gifted just the rifle back to Killian <laughs> just, just the rifle she asked for a she disarmed him she asked for a present box and a big bow and she came back and said here, give us to Killian Mans and it was just the rifle <laughs> Killian Mans? Killian Mans. Is that what she calls it? I did calls not him. know that. Just two. That's incredible. Well, we're going to have a little bit of time here for Q&A. Yeah, um, let's do it. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, do we have some questions out here for our rebel women, anyone? Just raise your hand and I'll come to you. All right, guys. Here we go. What's your name, where are you from, and what's your question? Hi, Rachel from San Diego. Um, I had a question for you guys since women are a big part of Clone Wars and Rebels, and I'm loving that. My question is to you guys, who do we need to talk to to tell the merchandise people that? Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Trying to find Hera and Sabine action figures is apparently really, really hard. It's, we have lots of the boys and lots of stormtroopers, but these are the women who are actually like one of the stars on the show, and some of the stars on the show, so... Who do we need to direct that to? Because I know you guys would probably love that as well, but how do we get more? 
You guys are like, yeah. I would just... One after another, you just stare at me. Rain, <laughs> you want to help me with that one? I, I heard Pablo say something yesterday during your other panel, and I don't think he... Um, and thank you for the for saying that. I mean, and the characters obviously mean a lot to us, too. And um, I, I would just say go online and, and, look, and make noise about... And, you know, make noise about wanting the action figures of the characters you love. I, I, don't, I don't want to say exactly where to go, but... I think the more that people do that, then the more um, the, the more noise there is, and the more the consumer products people will hear it, and hopefully, will be some more. I think it's happening over time. I really do, personally, having been part of this for ten years and, and having created a lot of female characters. You know, having four nieces, uh, having a brother call you all the time, being like, "Where's Hera? Where's Sabine? <laughs> I have enough Annas." You know, he's he's he, my brother loves Star Wars, and he wants to share that with him. So. We, we do the part, you know, we create a lot of great characters. You guys seem to love those characters. Um, I was downstairs uh, at the Hasbro booth, and they showed me a fantastic new Ahsoka figure uh, that I actually helped um, look at and guide a little bit. And the other animated one, I think the Heron Sabine figures are fantastic. Uh, when I walk around the floor, I see images of the animated characters of, you know, Ahsoka and Sabine and Hera more and more prevalent. Um, so I just think in time, just like the Rebel victory, it's something that will happen, something that fans are going to win uh, because you guys have all the power, really. Uh, when you like our stuff, you watch it, then uh, we make more of it. And we have no plans to stop. We've got, I mean, you guys know, we've got so many awesome female characters coming in season two uh, of Star Wars Rebels. And in other areas of Star Wars as well. So there's a lot to look forward to in the stories for sure. We have a question here from Shannon from Ireland. Oh, yeah. Um, I costume as Sabine with Rebel Legion Ireland. And I noticed the lineup downstairs of the models. Um, I was wondering, does Sabine have a new color scheme for next season? Well, I'll let one of the designers, you know, you can answer that and try to dodge that question as I do. What do you say? I don't know. I'm just the moderator. <laughs> Come to the re- premiere tomorrow and find out. Give are you? Center of the room. Okay. Here, you see it with uh, Michelle. You, from... He's back there. Hi, guys. With Michelle from Virginia. You mentioned earlier that uh, if the Night Sisters had a fashion line, you'd wear everything they put out. For all of you, if one female, if you could wear the outfits of one female character, who would it be? Any kind of Jedi, uh, Barasafi. I, I usually wear anything that's like a cape. I mean, I'm not right now. I'm like business casual right now. <laughs> but it's usually like um, cape type of sweaters and the boots that everyone calls like my Jedi boots. Um, I wear black all the time. Filoni makes fun of my Fifty Shades of Black closet. Um, He's like, oh, because I remember after New Year's, oh, it's New Year's, and you're wearing black. That's new. (laughs) Very, very, very dark blue. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, But um, I love Shakti's robes. I love her robes. Shakti is one of my favorite characters as well. Um, And I love the color red that the Night Sisters wear as well. If I was as thin as the Night Sisters, I'd probably wear their tights as well. <laughs> Rain. What? 
Hey, come back to us. You were deep in the force trance with Obi-Wan speaking to you again. No, it's a general question who's for each of you. Uh, which characters of uh, fashion would you wear? Any character oh, in Star Wars? Well, I kind of, I'm really into Ray's outfits actually in The Force Awakens, which you'll see more of soon. Yeah. Wow, that's such a wow. So that was a great answer. So mean. I and love she that. also, she also has great hairstyles too, which I'll try and mimic. Careful, Carrie. Back careful, Rain. Stuff. Careful, come back Carry to back. us. <laughs> we're in a danger zone. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Let's go to Liz Marshall quickly. Okay. okay. Um, I really love um, Padme's dresses from the prequels. They're beautiful. She's got a ton of detailing on them, all kinds of beading, rich fabrics, materials. They're kind of like. Do you get a chance to see them with yeah. the design team, mm-hmm. right? Um, when I was on Clone Wars with the design team, we would go down to the archives quite a bit for reference. Um, so they would let us come in and look at the costumes um, a lot of times. And the detail when you see them in person is truly outstanding. There was one where it had some kind of like bodice detail that was hand-stitched tiny like seashells. Um, and when you just you don't notice that detail in the movie. So seeing them in person was outstanding. I mean, the craftsmanship that goes into those pieces is incredible. So I would like a closet full of those. <laughs> ABC. If I could get away with wearing armor and blasters all day long, I would. So I'm going to go anything Mandalorian. Sabine. Awesome. So there you have it. The rebel women who fought the Clone Wars and special guest moderator, Dave Filoni. So that was really cool to uh, have Dave come out there and surprise us on stage. Um that little secret we kind of knew Dave was going to be coming out there because, of course. <laughs> oh, so, so you didn't get Filoni. We did get, but the panel was his idea. <laughs> so it was, it was no mistake about it. And, it usually uh, happens. Yeah. Usually the idea man wants to step in and take over. But Dave was teasing here on Rebel Force Radio that he was indeed going to be doing something special on the behind-the-scenes stage. And uh, he did also uh, follow through on his promise to provide something special for fans of the Clone Wars at Star Wars Celebration. And we're going to get into more of that a little bit later. Uh, But that was nice to hear that little moment right there because what Dave was doing with uh, the girls, with ABC, Rain, Liz, and Athena, was he was getting their fandom out and in the open. And that's something I've always loved about the creatives of Star Wars is that nine times out of ten, the people who are working on Star Wars, they are actually big fans of the franchise, huge lovers of the mythology, and people who have a big history with Star Wars. Star Wars keeps a special place in their heart, just like with you and me, Steve, and everyone listening to the show. The people who work on Star Wars love it so much. We talked about what a fan Filoni is. That's, be, that's all due to the power of the franchise. Indeed. I, and, and you see it, like, like you say, in these people, in these ladies that are there. And it's good. I, I think it's great that the, that the spotlight was shown on these ladies because you do hear a lot here lately about... Uh, you know, there's there's another franchise, Marvel, that <laughs> there seems to be some, you know, a lot of controversy about how the women in that, that franchise are treated yes, I've on heard screen. About this. Now, now uh, I mean, real quick, uh, just to jump off the path, because I'm not really 
so up to date on everything that happens in Marvel, but is this the topic of conversation that led Joss Whedon to ditch Twitter in a very... Well, that was what was originally thought, but I think everyone's kind of believing him when he says he's stepping away to focus on uh, writing, to, to, to make sure that his life is as quiet as possible to write his next project. He's done that before. So a lot of people think so, but there was some there was some blowback about what I feel like was a misinterpreted line in in the latest Avengers movie, um, you know, toward him, which is just mind boggling considering you know he's always been a self proclaimed feminist, but I'm I'm talking about even just on the toy manufacturing side of things, uh, where they take a scene that a female character was in and make a toy with the male character, and that's and that's gotten that's raised some eyebrows and and uh, but but I think it's great. That when you have a company who is helmed by a lady, Kathleen Kennedy, to now focus in on the talent working behind the scenes. And it shows you that, you know, that this this is a franchise that's not just for boys. I was talking to someone a while back, Jim, and I realized that back on the vintage Kenner days, that that aside from Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia had the most variant variations on the figure of Princess Leia than any other uh, figure they made with Kenner. Oh. And, and so Star Wars has always been kind of on the cutting edge of, hmm. of, that, uh, of that women's thing. <laughs> and I, I guess I never really even thought about it that way. But yep. So more variants of Leia than any other... Except for Luke. Except for Luke. Mm-hmm. Sister. Oh, so... You have a sister. We can yeah. merchandise. You can merchandise your um, sister. But what you hear in that excerpt from the panel was a lot of chemistry going on between Dave and the girls. Um, it's obvious that he leads by uh, providing a, a very loose and inviting environment. Um, make no question, the standards there uh, that Filoni has are through the roof. Obviously, someone who has learned at the feet of George Lucas <laughs> does not settle for anything other than perfection, and, uh, and Dave demands that from his staff. But you can also hear that he is he's not a slave driver, that they have a lot of fun, and that's what makes... His contributions, Dave Filoni's in particular, to the Star Wars universe work is because they are fueled by passion. They are fueled by fun. And you hear a lot of that come out in the conversations he's having with the rebel women who fought the Clone Wars. So that was a great panel. We enjoyed that. Such a great deal, both before and after. Afterwards, Athena Portillo was inducted into the 501st as an honorary member. We were uh, lucky enough to be there as, as part of that, and she was absolutely thrilled. I, I had a nice conversation with her right after the little ceremony happened. It totally took her by surprise, and she was just so pumped up and so excited. Athena Portillo... Another one of those creatives who work on Star Wars. Athena's the line producer for uh, Star Wars Rebels. And uh, she is definitely someone who is fueled by her Star Wars passion. So, Steve, that's the rebel women who fought the Clone Wars. And uh, it was a great panel. Unfortunately, we are out of time this week for more highlights from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. But fear not, friends. Fear not, Steve. We have a plan. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. We're going to come back, and this is this is a rarity for us here at Rebel Force Radio, but we have so much content. We're going to come back on Monday, 
and continue this conversation. So part two of our best of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim chat will continue on Monday. We'll be hearing highlights from Carrie Fisher, Ian McDiarmid, Mark Hamill, and the Rebels Season 2 panel featuring uh, Dave Filoni being asked all the hard questions by the youngest members of the audience. Oh, it's going to be good, tough, good, good, tough, good stuff. It's going to be good, tough stuff. (laughs) Steve, um, (laughs) you know, it's it's a it's a celebration tradition to stump Filoni. The kids call it. It's 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 a a trend now. It's trending. Kids stumping Filoni. Do you think parents send their kids up there? Do you think the kids actually just get up and do it? The easy answer would be, yeah, the parents are supplying the kids with this info they're they're arming them to to ambush Filoni but I don't believe that for a second I think these kids are coming up with the questions themselves and they hide behind that innocent facade of youth but uh they're really very treacherous and they know they know the soft spots that make up Dave Filoni so we're gonna hear them try to pick apart at him and try to get him to answer the impossible questions Looking forward to that in a big, bad way. <laughs> in a big, bad way. Steve, it was a blast getting caught up with you on Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Despite the fact I was there, somehow I think that you may have had a better seat for a lot of the activity going on in Anaheim than I actually did. Well, I think your Super Bowl comparison from earlier on is dead on, Jim, that you can watch it and see so much that's going on without actually having to be there, and that's exactly what happened. I enjoyed recapping some of this stuff with you and looking forward to doing it again. Kyle Newman, not in this episode. (laughs) No, but Kyle will be joining us in a, uh, next week, actually, for uh, Rebel Force Radio's look back at Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty. We'll have all the behind-the-scenes tales, everything that led up to the, the one-time-only performance of that incredible live Star Wars audio drama, and uh, everything that's happened since then, including information on how you'll be able to hear the enhanced version that we're hard at work putting together for you guys making sure you guys have an awesome Star Wars adventure experience, audio experience to uh, relive that uh, cool panel over and over again so we'll be talking to Kyle next week Jason of course will be back but before we get to that episode don't miss part 2 of this episode where we look at the best of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, Steve Glosson and myself will be back on Monday Start your week off right with Rebel Force Radio. And we'll be continuing this look back at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, along with a bunch of great highlight clips and more insights you'll only get here on Rebel Force Radio. So uh, that's going to be amazing. Also amazing, as always, are our sponsors. You know them, you love them. Dorkside Toys. Be sure to visit shotglassdigital.com and click on the Dorkside Toys banner for your best choice 
in ordering Star Wars action figures online. Pre-order now. Black Series, Rebels, vehicles, even Topps trading cards. It's all there at DorksideToys.com. And don't forget the official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Little Debbie Snacks. We love them. We'll be giving away more Little Debbie next week and every week here on Rebel Force Radio. If you want to get a hold of us, reach out to us, show at rebelforceradio.com, or leave us a voicemail that's even more preferred. Voicemail, 708-320-1737. 708-320-1RFR. That's the number. And of course, like I said, voicemail is preferred to email because let's face it, this is an audio format. So we want to hear from you guys. We don't want to read emails on the air. We want to hear your voice sharing your opinions on Star Wars and your passion for the franchise on a whole. 708-320-1RFR. Reach out to us on Twitter, at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. Of course, Steve, you can be reached on Twitter. At Steve Glosson. At Steve Glosson. Facebook for breaking news, links to stories, great conversation, updates on shows here at Rebel Force Radio. As soon as we post them, we're letting you know via Facebook and Twitter. Of course, iTunes is a great place to subscribe and review. When you review, just one thing. Make it good. Yes. Awesome. I should mention we're also available via WGN Radio here in Chicago. Visit WGNplus.com to find latest episodes of Rebel Force Radio, just making it easier to get our Star Wars podcast to you. And WGN Radio is all about that. Visit WGNplus.com for Rebel Force Radio. Of course, you can find us at iTunes, as I said, Stitcher, StarWars.com. And our uh, website for all the programming coming from your friends here at Rebel Force Radio. That website is shotglassdigital.com. We got it all at Shot Glass. We have uh, programming from Steve, Geek Out Loud. The Goliverse can be found there. All over it, man. All over it. Mark Out Loud, Rock Out Loud, Steve Glosson, and friends. Find that Shot Glass Digital along with all the programming from Rebel Force Radio. Techno Retro Dads, Fictional Frontiers, Bad Wolf Radio, if you're into uh, Doctor Who, and so much more, shotglassdigital.com. All right, Steve, well, that's going to wrap it up for Friday. We'll be back on Monday with more of the best of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2015. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on this time and next time. Of course, you can find Steve Glossin at geekoutonline.com. Geek Out Loud can also be found uh, on iTunes as well. But like I said, Shot Glass Digital is the place to find it all. That's right. And that's where you'll find us next week, Monday and Friday. And you never know, we might have some other treats sprinkled out throughout the week as well. So you always want to be checking your Rebel Force radio feed, no matter how you get the show. So on behalf of uh, Jason Swank, Steve Glosson... And Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember... The Force will be with you, always.